What's up, Spurs fans? It's me, Barney. And me, Dan. I'm coming in with a lot of energy because we made the Champions League and we beat Norwich. <gasps> okay, so it's not yeah, actually so the Champions League music because I didn't want to get a copyright strike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is uh, bootleg <laughs> Champions League Beautiful. music to celebrate. This is like pro Evo Champions League yeah. music. <laughs> yeah. And it's oh, like some yeah. people would hear it and go, is that the Champions League song? Uh, mm. But then most people who know it would go, that sounds nothing like it. But. It's as close as we can get. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what we're... This is what we're working with. We're doing the best we can. Uh, how do you feel, Barney? How do you feel now oh. that everything is confirmed? Like last week we were, you know, we were in that kind of limbo stage where it was almost confirmed barring a disaster, but now now the promised land has been reached. Yeah, uh, I feel fantastic. I feel so relieved. I feel uh, grateful for Antonio Conte. Um, I feel amazed that we made the top four. Like, that just seems ridiculous. Um, and I'm very excited for next season. Yeah. Um, I think so as well. And, uh, like, when we did get Conte in, I was quite optimistic of us being able to make top four. Um, I know some people, as soon as we have a loss, it would be, like, <laughs> in a complete implosion. And it's like, it's all over. We've lost Conte. He's going to walk, all that sort of stuff. Um, but, Yeah. It just feels, it feels right. And it's, I can't like the whole Nuno time. It's like, it's just like it didn't even happen this season. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it happened years and years ago. Um, and it, it also doesn't, it kind of also feels like a weird nightmare. Like it doesn't even feel like it, it, it's real. Um, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm still sort of, I think, as you can probably hear from my voice, like coming to terms <laughs> with the fact that we actually made the Champions League after the start of the season that we had with Kane uh, trying to bail, playing golf, um, talking about his future with Neville and then uh, the absolute calamity that was Nuno managing um, to then land Conte, uh, sign some fantastic players and absolutely storm home to make the Champions League. Like... I can't believe that next year we'll have European games that I actually want to watch. Ah, <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, like to think the state of the club, um, like even up to, I think the start of January or middle of January, when so many fans were losing it that we hadn't signed players and, and everything. And, um, you know, as we've always said, just let Paratici cook, let him cook. Um, and if you look at it now, it's like the three signings, that like the three best signings we've probably had in the last, I don't know, five years. Um, they've, they've all come this season and they've just completely sort of, you know, transformed this team. Um, so it's like, yeah, it, it feels just a little bit surreal. Like it does feel like we've, we've taken a big leap very quickly from where we were. Yeah, absolutely. It feels, I mean, it's, you know, when Conte came in and obviously the, um, expectations on uh, big players and big managers is always that they sort of come in and make an immediate impact and the sun starts shining, which Conte did, you know, with that run of wins. And then uh, things kind of broke down for a bit and he was working stuff out and then, you know, it was kind of, and then he wanted to quit and he was questioning his very existence after the Burnley game um, only, you know, for it to sort of all come together, you know, really, really well towards the end of the season. Um, and it's always just uh, just a matter of time with Antonio Conte. 
There's definitely the famous Antonio Conte saying, it's just a mm. matter of time with Antonio yeah. Conte. That's what he's, you know, in the, uh, uh, in the Conte cam, when he's yelling, that's what he's yelling. <laughs> it's only yep. a matter of time! He just constantly yells that. <laughs> that's why that's like the, yeah, we don't get the full audio of it because they'd be like, he just shouts the same thing over yeah. and over again when he's pointing at all the players. It's only yeah. a matter of time for Antonio. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pointing at, and they sometimes when he leaves off the end bit of the Antonio, um, they then go, "Oh my God, is he saying it's only a matter of time until I get benched or yeah. sold?" <laughs> Motivates them, but when he says the Antonio bit, they feel good because they know it's only a matter of time. It's really clever management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very. Uh, I like that. It's very. Um, it's very flexible and mm. I guess psychologically battering <laughs> to mm. players to. Mm. Imagine just coming if he just comes into the uh, you know the trading ground like in the morning and he's just passing all the players and you know Kulusevski's sitting there just doing his boots up and he's like oh the uh, deck is only a matter of time and then <laughs> and then just leaves the room. Um, yeah, he's actually he's probably like thinking oh it's only a matter of time before I'm a legit superstar. But mm. someone more like I don't know Bergwijn or, or Lucas <laughs> would take yeah. that very differently. <laughs> you imagine if that someone who was in charge, kind of in charge of your future, said that to you, you would be like, "Oh my god, <laughs> that is so vague <laughs> and so damaging." Uh, but I don't know what it means. Brilliant work, but Conte, well done, Barney. Thank you for coming to visit me today. Uh, just for your performance review, uh, all mm. I want to say is it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Till what? Till what? <laughs> it's ridiculous. I wonder though, if stuff like this probably could happen given that, I mean, Antonio speaks very good English, um, mm. but I'm sure there are, especially from the coaches as well, there are some who wouldn't speak that great English. You'd have to assume. Mm. So I feel like there probably are some mixed messages in there, but then it's like all the players who have played in Italy and presumably speak some Italian have all thrived. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, um, was so surprised when I watched, you know, that Sky Sports interview with Conte where they're like most Googled questions and then like none of them are the questions that have been Googled. Um, he's so, you know, he's so relaxed, which is, was a surprise, uh, smiley surprise. But then also his, you know, his English is perfect. And then in press conferences and interviews, sometimes I'm like, how good is this guy's English? It's not that great. And I was like, that is so clever to kind of pretend that you're, you're maybe not that good at the language to give yourself more time. And then to also open up the possibility that you're like, oh, I said that. I didn't actually mean that. Yeah. 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 Well, isn't that what Bielsa was even doing? Cause like, I'm pretty yeah. sure that he can actually speak a bit of English. Mm. Um, but he's had his old, his, his mate, it just looked like his son standing next to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that was genius as well, because apparently, from what I've read, he actually speaks really good English. Um, and he just has that as a buffer so that he can, because he hates the media. Um, and it allows him to, like, think about, you know, what he says. Genius. Yeah. I, I wonder what is, um, like, you have to think, there are some players, are there some players in our squad who would have difficult, like, would there be no crossover language i guess like there are a lot of players who have like they've grown up they played in different countries they know a bit of this that everything else like even like eric dyer who if you saw him you would go like as if this guy can speak like perfect portuguese um but like he could communicate very well with you know uh <laughs> royale for example and uh and lucas but i wonder if there are any players who are sort of like left in a bit of a no man's land in the squad um well i remember when lamella came he had like pretty much no english um, and found it really difficult. Um, and then who was, 
Um, oh, Vinicius had no, pretty much no English. And Lucas was teaching him. Oh my God. Um, but I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know now if they're, I'm trying to think if anyone, cause you know, like Romero, I haven't heard Bentenker speak actually. Um, but that's the only unknown. I think everyone else is like, would be able to communicate very well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause it's a, like, it's a big thing. Like we don't really think about like in our, in our lives, like if we moved to, if we were working somewhere and they moved us to an office overseas, it would usually be somewhere where they would, it would be to, you know, an English speaking office because they just don't assume that, you know, naturally you need to just go somewhere, pick up a, a different language. Um, but it would be a pretty challenging thing to come to a new club, especially if you've got a really demanding manager. Like if you've got Harry Redknapp, it doesn't matter. Like it does yeah. not matter at all because he says like three words, like just go out and have a go kick it about. <laughs> And then if you're there, like, oh, what did they, sorry, what did they say? Can you translate it for me? And it's like, he just said play. It's like, no, no, come on. He must've said more than that. It's like, no, no, he just said, go play. But when you've got contact, he's got like such strict like (laughs) demands on everything. Um, Maybe that's why we saw like, you know, certain players like Royale didn't do amazingly uh, at the start of Conte's reign because it just took them a while to, to, to get that all across. I mean, that gets, yeah, forgotten constantly that, in the transition from other leagues, you know, that the, the language barrier could be a huge deal. Um, and, you know, it always gets chalked off as like, well, he's come over England. He ain't got the stuff in. He ain't got it. He ain't put in the effort. He's come over from sunny wherever, come over, play in the mud, can't handle it. And it's like, well, maybe he actually uh, is adjusting to speaking another language. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're right. It's always like, he's an absolute idiot. He's got nothing. Got no idea on the pit. What an imbecile. And you're like, mm, pretty big life changes there. <laughs> pretty big. Let's just, you know, let's have a little bit more patience with some of these players when these things happen. Yeah, absolutely. I, I am obsessed, and I think about it all the time, with, you know, transitions. When Bergvine moved, he bought uh, him and his parents those uh, apartments that were right, you know, on top of each other, I think, or next to each other. And I really want to know if he's finally cracked it and been like, I'm moving out. <laughs> I'm moving out on my own. I'm sick of this. Um, and I hope he has. Yeah. Well, they're probably, I think his parents would quit back at him. It's like, well, you you know, you better move out to get some game time, Stevie. Mm, roasted. Because I feel like roasted. parents of footballers would be like quite sassy because like, uh, you know, they they don't have to do too much these days, like when, when their child makes it. Mm. Um and they get to sort of hang around. And like, there are a lot of parents who just become like the manager or the agent of the player. Um, and I, like, it's, you really read about that stuff quite a lot. Like it seems apart from the big ones who go with, you know, your sort of super agents and your Mendezes and, and those sort of things. A lot of them do have like a family member. Cause I mm. guess it's someone that they trust not to take advantage of them, but then also it's someone who probably might not really know too much about the business either. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're the best striker in the world, you, you want to have your brother as your manager, um, because he's got so many awesome things in his office and you love to hang out there. And, um, you know, he, you know, he doesn't have great negotiation skills, um, or a plan for, uh, transferring to another club, but that's family. That's family. I I wonder what's going to happen. Um, what's going to happen this, this season. I feel like now that we've got Champions League, we've got Conte. Um, mm. I feel like we're, we're probably not going to get as many cane rumors as we thought. However, it wouldn't surprise me if the club is pushing for a new contract 
and then Kane may push back <laughs> on mm. on signing that. So I'm sure we will still get quite a few bits and pieces popping up as the uh, the transfer window starts to open up. Yeah, I mean we, I mean Harry Kane's already been talking about playing Champions League next season and how great, and he's looking forward to it. So it doesn't appear like he is going to push for a move. I mean, it may be, maybe he is, but I doubt it. I've seen some amazing stuff on Twitter with Man U fans being like, should we get Kane? So why would he come? Yeah. Like, what what would you offer him? Like, that, that he's not going to get at Spurs. He's going to play for, you know, Ten Hag's a good manager. He's not Conte. He's going to play in a horrendous environment Uh with fans that uh, feast on the blood of their players and uh, he's not going to play in the Champions League. So it just doesn't make any sense. Ah, oh, definitely. And it's like, yeah, Kane being like the hatred of Kane is the most unwarranted hatred of a player that I've ever, that I ever think I've even seen of any athlete. Um, mm. And a lot of it coming by like, you know, his own country as well. <laughs> yeah. Like, which is so weird in that sense that, um, it's like, if he doesn't play well for England, he gets battered. Um, mm. but then people will still obviously, you know, enjoy when he scores for England, but then it's like when he's not in the England shirt and this is the England captain as well. Mm. And, you know, a relatively good, safe role model in that sense. Um, but just absolute hatred from anyone who's not a Spurs fan. Um, yeah. From someone who is not, you know, he's not really a controversial figure. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, the same thing happened with Rooney, really, where every time, you know, obviously, has Kane been more successful than Rooney now in national comps? I can't remember. Um, but so much hate around him um, when it's like he's, at that stage, your best player. Like, just yeah. <laughs> just uh, chill out a bit. Um, on the upcoming window, I've you know, there's already been, like, Will Conte stay? Um, you know, I've, I've read an article that was like, sure. We all said that he would stay when he got cha- if he got Champions League, but maybe he's at the peak of the mountain with Tottenham and wants to get off already. Um, I was like, what? You can't just change the rules now that he got the thing that said he was going to stay. And it was interesting that, you know, there was like, um, Conte said, I've got a lot of emotions. I'm going to go on holiday, come back, talk to the club about, you know, what, you know, what's going on. And then within 12 hours, Alistair Gold's putting up an article being like, club will fully back Conte on all transfers. <laughs> um, which, you know, being the like pseudo mouthpiece of the club, I assume was very much influenced by the club being like, put this out um, so that we don't have meltdowns. Uh, after what was a really successful season. Yeah. I, I think as well, it's like easy for fans to forget that the line of we'll, oh, we'll chat to the club at the end of the season. It's just a very cliche line that players, agents manage. Like it's, it's widely used. It does. Mm. It's not like a threat of like, <laughs> and I think it's like, especially when people read quotes, they, um, I think it's like text messages and stuff like that. Like sometimes you get a text message and it sounds a lot harsher than it is because you just infer the emotion and tone on it without actually understanding. Like you can send me a text, but it's very lighthearted and I get, I'm like, oh, why does Barney hate me now? Yeah. Um, and I think that people read that and they see from Conte this thing, which is again, cause like he speaks good English, but it's not his first language. So you just get something which sounds a bit more blunt. 
And then it gets translated as like, this guy hates the club and he's already making threats <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. Whereas it's like, you know, if I was a, if I was advising a player or a, man, a manager or whoever, like you'd probably be saying like, you know, it's, it's good just to say like, yeah, you know, we're going to chat to the club in the, the off season and sort of, you know, recalibrate and go from there and see where we're all sitting. Like, I, I think it's just like a, it's a fine thing to say it. It doesn't matter. Like we don't have to like, um, read into that, you know, so much. Yeah, totally. Um, it can, it can just be him just being like, oh, I'm not going to talk about it right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, because, uh, we just did this thing and I, I'm not going to go into it. Um, or it could be, I'm going to speak to the club because, um, uh, we need to, um, you know, review who we're going to sign for me to, uh, win the title with Tottenham next season. Um, like who, who knows? It's also, who what knows? I find so funny about it is it's written as if like Conte doesn't speak to Paratici or Daniel Levy at any stage yeah. apart from one one meeting at the end of the season. Yeah. And it's like Paratici in his, um, in his, his January transfer update interview thing, whatever that piece was, um, he was saying, he's like, yeah, Antonio and I speak for hours every day. Um, and it's like, I'm sure Daniel Levy, like, like we've spoken about him, um, in the past on, on here. And like we've seen in the documentary, like he's, he floats around, he would have content, he would have regular contact with Patichi and Conte. So just mm. to have this sort of idea of just like, you know, they haven't spoken in like 150 days and they're having this big meeting where their lawyers are all present and they're preparing for a <laughs> showdown. Um, at the end of the season, I'm like, that's just ridiculous. Like, like it makes no sense. And if you put it into the context of any other regular business, it's like that, that doesn't happen unless it's an owner who is just non-existent. Um, mm. but anyone else in, involved in running things, it's like, yeah, there's not these showdown meetings in that sense that, um, that we think that they are. Yeah, totally. Am I, um, uh, going crazy or was uh, Son not originally nominated for player of the season and now he's been included? Um, my understanding is that there are two player of the seasons and mm -hmm. one player of the season he is nominated for, but then like the PFA players or fans player of the season, he was not nominated for. And that's the one that like people are going, why is Conor Gallagher in there? Um, mm. <laughs> but I think he's nominated for one of the player of the seasons, but. He should be nominated for every player of the season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, right now. how fantastic was, like, once we uh, went up 3-0 and then the entire team was just trying to give him the ball, um, that was just such a, like, I haven't, obviously the North London derby was fun uh, because we'd won, you know, very early into the game, but this felt like a party time, which I haven't felt watching a Tottenham game in I don't know how long. Oh, definitely. And I think especially in the first half, like Son was pretty quiet. He maybe looked even a little bit out of it. Mm. Um, I wonder if Son was just thinking like, you know what, I'm just going to chill in the first half, take it real easy, and then wait for the game to open up and then use all my energy then to really try and, and score some goals. But I mean, if you look at the first half, you, you could be, you know, you could think like, oh no, it might not happen for him. He might not get here. Um, and then even as the second half started, like when he, he was through and he just hit it into cruel when, um, when Decky broke through, <laughs> I'm 
there's a great sc- like screenshot of that with someone's comment like, how did we not score from here? Where it's like Decky and Son are basically the only players you can see at an empty goal. Um, mm. But you can see Decky's like, it, normally he'd just shoot, but he's like, no, no, I did try and get it to Son and got caught up. But it seemed like, oh no, I hope this isn't, this can't be one of those things where it's not Son's day. But it was mm. so great that, um, you know, it, it, it turned around and he scored, he scored one, you know, pretty cool, calm goal from uh, Lucas's little spin pass and then mm. scored one worldie <laughs> where he just gets it and he's like, nope, top corner. All right, bye. Yeah, that was phenomenal. I love that he, you know, as much as, you know, everyone was trying to give him the ball, he ended up kind of making his own luck or, you know, doing it himself with uh, one uh, absolute worldie. And then that, I mean, that's credit to Lucas. That spin pass was amazing. Um, but of course it was because we were playing Norwich and that's like his bread and butter. Oh, definitely. Um, but yeah, like the, and the celebrations you saw as well, how happy the rest of the players were for him, which mm. is really nice to see. Cause you know, um, it just shows, you know, how close the squad is and it's something where I don't feel like Man City players would act in the same way. Yeah. Um, yeah. or even Chelsea players, like, you know, the more sort of like mercenary teams, I don't think they would have that feeling of like, yeah, really, really wanting their play to win like the golden boot. Um, and then like we get mocked for people like, oh, look, look at this, the team celebrating for getting Champions League. Oh, celebrating for Son winning Golden Boot. It's like, yeah, aren't those nice things to celebrate? Like, <laughs> yeah. like it doesn't just all have to be like, oh, they only can celebrate if they win Champions League. It's like, no, it's nice to actually like, you know, enjoy those sort of moments um, rather than just, yeah, having to like make it that the only measure for success is winning a title. Mm. Yeah, totally. Otherwise, where's the... Where's the fun? What about that? What's that saying? Uh, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Um, and I understand the journey's been going for a long time. But, you know, you've got to enjoy the journey uh, and all of its uh, different... I can't be bothered with continuing this. <laughs> I'm, bo- I'm bored while I'm saying it. I'm bored while I'm saying it. <laughs> Hello there, a bit Spursy listener. It's me, Barney. And me, Dan. And we are here to tell you some fantastic news. We have started a free Discord to which you can go on and chat all things Tottenham Hotspur and other related concepts. <laughs> yeah, to join that, uh, head to discord.gg slash a bit Spursy. That's correct. We also now have a Patreon to which you can pay for Spurs-related content. <laughs> and, it sounds uh, like a scam. It's not a scam here. It's, it's not a scam. We're not scamming. We're not scamming. It's, uh, look, we, we love, uh, you know, creating this podcast and there's a whole bunch of other things that we want to do with some streams, uh, some watch-alongs and, and these sort of bits and pieces. If you would like to help us out and support us there, we'd really appreciate it. We'll be able to create more Spurs, Spurs content and uh, sort of have fun doing that. So if you'd like to do that, uh, please head to patreon.com slash a bit Spurs. Uh, the more of you that are on the Patreon, the less time I have to spend in the coal mine, which is my job. <laughs> so let's get Barney out of the coal mine. And uh, yeah, all links can be found uh, on our website at abitspursy.com. Um, I liked at one point after Sonny scored, I think it was his second, it was first or second goal. I can't remember which one it was, but Conte turned around and like held up eight fingers at the, a staff. I was like, what does that mean? Like, I didn't say that. Yeah. He turns around and he holds up like eight fingers and it's like, 
are you saying now he needs to score eight more? Or are you, do you think he's only scored eight goals? Like, or is that, I don't know. Is that his favorite number? That he's just like, yeah, maybe that's just his favorite number. That he just loves celebrating. That's what I see. I, I'm disappointed I didn't say that. Um, that it could have also been seven, which is obviously Sonny's number. So that could have been it. But okay, <laughs> even if it was that, that would still be a weird thing for like it's very strange. Manager to turn around and hold up the number of the players, <laughs> like <laughs> who scored the goals. Um, yeah, <laughs> I do love that though. Like, and Conte just constantly does. Like, what about someone like Kulusevski, twenty one? Does he kind of like flash up each hand like a couple of times <laughs> yeah. and then a one? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. Um, how good was Kulusevski in that first half? He is unreal. Oh, he's, the kid is absolutely like, <laughs> it is ridiculous. It is farcical that, um, Juventus sold him. And especially like if, let's say if, if, um, if Juventus won the Scudetto and you'd be like, okay, fine. They know what they're doing. Great. But they finished fourth. Yeah. <laughs> and so you just like. Surely a player like Kulisevsky, a player like Bentaker, surely they'd be pretty handy because mm. they're pretty damn amazing. And mm. not many players come in in the January window and really have such a huge impact. Yeah. Um, usually, and I feel like that's also why, you know, it's it's a risk to go for those players because like to get them to adapt and actually do something which can, you know, assist the team in that season, is it's a big sort of ask. Um, but it's, it is ridiculous. Like, and I think that, you know, we've all seen his um, his stats where it says that since his arrival, he's had the most, you know, goal contributions or the most um, the most assists or something like that. Mm. Um, and it's like, wow. Just like the fact that he's so young, he's so grounded, he's so tidy with everything that he does. And just like, you know, that goal he scored, it's just, just to just cut in and go, yep, top bins. All right. Uh, yeah. it just, he made it look so easy. And I think he is a player when you watch it, it looks so easy for him. Mm. It's like he slows the game down. Yeah. It's unreal. He, that's, I think that's why maybe he doesn't get the sort of credit. Cause it does look like everything else has slowed down when he's got the ball. Um, when, you know, in actual fact, what he's doing is like extremely technical, um, and he's, uh, he's just great. He's bloody great. Yeah. And I think that it, it just sort of reaffirms for me. And I don't want to get dragged for, I'm not trying to say he's in a Dean to done, but when we first signed him and we first saw some videos of him, it was just like, he's got something like he sometimes moves a bit awkwardly. He moves a bit differently. He's not just this player who gets it and just sprints. Um, and it's, and it's like, you know, you think you look to play that and like, oh, are they going to be that suited to playing in more of a wing position in the Premier League, um, which is, you know, notoriously so quick. But then you see mm. how he's adapting. You're like, no, he's so good. And it's like, there aren't many other players who sort of like move like he does and just have the composure that he does, especially for so young as well. So like he is, he is amazing. Like our front three now is very, very good. And I think yep. we don't quite realize how good it actually is. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. I mean, I think if Kulosevsky had had more um, like now or celebration around him when we signed him, like not only from, from fans, but from Juventus fans as well, as opposed to them being like, ha ha, see ya. I reckon we would probably value that front three more. 
Um, but you know, what does that matter? Like they are as good as any other front three in the league, which is just, it's fantastic. Yeah. And I think, look, it is nice in some ways for Kulisevsky that I feel like when he did come in, he maybe didn't have a huge amount of pressure on his shoulders. Like it wasn't this 80 million pound signing who was, mm. you know, top scorer in Serie A, any of that sort of stuff. So therefore anything short of incredible, brilliant football was going to be deemed a failure. So I think it's like, it's given him a nice platform to really overperform what was sort of expected of him. Um mm. But still, we we know that he's young, and I don't think we're going to go into next season. And if he if he has a few games where he stutters or doesn't do too much, we're we're not going to be like, oh, okay, no, he's actually a fraud. He's not that good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've been trying to while we've been talking find because I still get really annoyed um, at people talking about him being slow because he's actually not. Uh, I think he's. I saw a stat that at his top speed during the Norwich game was like almost 31 kilometers an hour, which is really fast. Um, and it's just because, you know, not only, uh, we, uh, perceptively impaired in our ability to actually tell the difference between speeds. Um, I just think because of his, cause he's big, uh, it makes him look slower than he is. Yeah, definitely. And he's got a bit of an awkward running style. Like, yeah, it, he doesn't look super, super smooth when he runs. It looks like it's a real struggle for him to, like, yeah. to sort of get moving. But then, yeah, it's something too, like watching games on TV, like it looks a lot slower to us than what it actually is. Mm. Um, and like we see someone like Kulisewski run and then some people can think like, oh, I can even run faster than that. Um, <laughs> says, you know. Billy Bob with his giant beer gut. <laughs> just yeah, thinking, exactly. Like, that's not even impressive. But I think that like they, they are moving very quickly, even if they don't look it. <laughs> and yeah, I th- he's also played that he's so smart. He doesn't need to use that. So mm. um, yeah, it's like, we don't need to judge him on how quick he is because he's, <laughs> he's really shown that regardless of that, you know, debate, it doesn't matter because he's just, he's just good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, another great piece of news to come out of this weekend or, or rather the last couple of days is um, that we have confirmed that we've signed, well, we haven't confirmed, but uh, Ali Gold and uh, Romano have both said that uh, Romero is here uh, permanently. Oh, nice. So that is definitely, well, I was going to yeah. say that is like, it's definitely going to happen, like regardless, because like, you know, the club would be... <laughs> Yeah. insane to, to not to not sort of take that up and same with Kulisewski like I'm sure we're just going to go yep let's just you know we'll we'll sort that out we'll, we'll get it all over the line um, mm. which is great and I, I mean when you look at it like we spent a bit of money on like you know Romero Kulisewski and Ventenko. Um mm. like that's well over 100 mil um, so again for people think that we don't spend money on players <laughs> like we have we uh we just now need to try and ship something out the other way, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, and get something back. Um, mm. but yeah, look, I and this whole like back Conte thing is now just like popping up everywhere again, and, and it's just like, can we just not enjoy this for a few days? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the end of the season <laughs> before we start screaming that. Um, <laughs> from yeah, I mean, even top. Conte himself is. Uh, I saw on a beach in Italy. So what, <laughs> let's go to a beach in Italy in our minds if we can't be there and just chill for a little bit. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it does look as well like when you know while we are talking about signings. Mm. Um, I mean, like, well, you know what? Stuff it. Let's. What's he been doing? What's he up to? Paratici. Paratici watch. Yes, an early Paratici watch. Um, Very good. Can I ask then that that stuttering, was that setting up you hitting the button or could you not find the button? Because I couldn't tell. It was setting up, I didn't want to cue the wrong sound. Right. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool, cool. And I'd lost this, the little slip that said which buttons were what. And I was yep. like, I don't want to just cue up and roll straight into the Abitspursy metal. Um, oh, yeah. And then just make an absolute fool of myself on the pod. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Um, so Paratage, you watch, Dan, what, what have you seen? Well, okay. It looks like we are um, very close to signing Fraser Forster as a backup goalkeeper. So, What do you think of that? I'm happy with that because, one, I like players that are kind of like funny in some ways, and he's so tall. <laughs> like, yeah. He's huge. Like This guy is like absolutely gigantic. And I'm like... You know what? If we've got a backup keeper, um, <laughs> you know, if they are, you know, I think he's he's over two meters tall. Um, like he's an imposing, he's an imposing figure. I don't know how good he actually is with his feet, <laughs> which is one thing that <laughs> might be a little bit of a concern. But he's, I'm pretty sure he's 34. He's homegrown, and we need more homegrown players in the squad. And that's yep. not me being like becoming a British nationalist, but it's. I, <laughs> I think we do. We have had issues for a while with having too many, um, too many players who don't count as homegrown. Um, and I think he's on a free transfer too. So it's like, yeah, good bit of business to, to get in a, a keeper who has played, you know, a lot of Premier League football before. And, you know, I prefer, I prefer that at this stage rather than us going for a young keeper who just ends up turning out to be nothing. And we just ship them off, you know, a year later which is mm. what has happened with a, you know, a whole host of them, um, in the past. So yeah, if we've got confidence in, in Hugo for another season or two, then I think this is a good signing. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I would love us to also sign a slightly younger keeper and spend the money. I mean, I'm happy with the Forster, but spend the money and get a good younger keeper that can fill in. I mean, Forster's all right, but like, can replace Lloris and also is a really good fill in, um, on top of that rather than, yeah, just have an older guy and then like who else, like Academy players. Yeah. Like I'd be down for signing a younger one, but if that happened, I'd want them to go out on loan, mm. um, and play football <laughs> because yeah. I feel like just sometimes what happens with some of our players is that we don't, I don't know. It's like, I, I know loans are always a risk in, in, in how successful they are, but I'm not so up for young players just hanging around the club and just sitting around. Like, for example, um, Dane Scarlett this season. Like, yeah. I mean, sure, we've got very few forward options, but I mean, how many sub appearances has he had? Like, he's had barely any. He played maybe in one or two, like, conference games or something. I don't, like, what was the benefit of keeping him around when Conte was just not going to play him at all mm. so any young yeah. players i'm like let's loan them out and get them some experience playing in leagues um 
And then it's also a good test. It's like, we'll see how good they actually are rather than just, just on the training ground and that's it. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, see how they can handle it with the big boys. With the big boys. And, and look, that's why, or maybe then in that instance, we've got Fraser, maybe Fraser and the young keeper just at training ground every day could just have, mm. just, just wrestle. And that would, yeah, they um, fight. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That would, um, you know, that, that would toughen them up a little bit. That, that, that sounds weird. That sounds quite toxic. But I'm like, I'm not yeah, it sounds very that. Jose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sounds yeah. very Jose. We need more leaders and men in the squad. <laughs> I um, have been so busy marking essays and doing my own uni work that I'm so out of the loop when it comes to um, our transfers and who might be coming that that was brand new news to me. And I'm still, I'm like two years behind where I'm like, are we still trying to sign Max Ahrens? Um, <laughs> I hope we're not, but yeah. yeah. I think there's not much else at the moment. Um, like there's, there's a lot of reports saying that this is pretty much confirmed and that Galini will go back to Atalanta. Um, mm. and then there, you know, there are some rumors about us maybe still going in for Jed Spence or who else? I don't think there's anything else of, of, um, of any note, but, um, yeah. The only things I have seen actually is one where we apparently are going to hijack Arsenal's bid for, uh, Gabriel Jesus, which I doubt, <laughs> um, and, uh, that we're back in for Dybala, which I also doubt. So, yeah, I mean, you know, when players that we almost signed or, you know, whatever, start reappearing, you know that maybe there's not a lot of info. Yeah. I think it's just like, oh, here's an old link. All right, let's just repost the story and change the date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, in terms of Paratigi Watch, I did uh, rewatch the Conte cams from the Derby and from the Man City 3-2 win. And in the... um. Uh, is it the Derby? I can't remember now. It's one of those games you see him after the last goal. No, it's the Derby. He goes bananas. And he's like screaming and talking to the players who are not listening to him. They're all celebrating the goal and celebrating with Conte. And he's like, looks like he's giving some kind of deranged lecture to no one. Yeah. He, <laughs> he reminds me of that sense of like, um, I used to coach like a little bit of junior junior football back in the day and mm. every now and then you'd have a dad who just thought that they would know everything and they would just be start shouting out from the sidelines and shouting mm. out instructions or they'd come up to you at half time and they'd be like coach what do you reckon change a formation <laughs> and i'm like mate we're up two nil i think you should go back to where you were um but <laughs> paratisha reminds me of that he's like someone there who yeah he's it's just like maybe the players kind of just ignore him a little bit <laughs> and they just let him yeah. shout into the void. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm trying to think of, there was something else that, Oh, I felt that <laughs> the, the Norwich cap, like you could hear our fans. You couldn't hear that. I mean, they were relegated. Fair enough. You could hear our fans for the whole game. Um, and what is it with, like, after I think the third goal went in, what is it with English middle-aged men and taking off their shirts? <laughs> I don't know. It's some sort of, like, yeah, weird war cry. <laughs> like, mm. But it's also, yeah, it's 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 very bizarre. It's like, I don't know if they're getting hot because they're so raged and it's just purely like, oh, I need to cool down a little bit so I need to take my top off. Um, yeah. I feel like it's probably not that, though. <laughs> yeah. I reckon it's something like, um, 
like, oh, I'm feeling so good. I want the sun on me belly. And then they take their shirt off. Let's roast up this tum-tum, eh? <laughs> you could cook an egg on that. <laughs> it's time. It's time. Yeah. Um, it's something I guess we don't get here. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, Barney. I mean, you go to a lot more um, AFL games than I do, mm. me being that I go to none. But mm. uh, you don't really get people taking the shirt off at the footy, do you? I feel like they'd probably get I ejected. I've never seen it happen once. Yeah. I've been to so many AFL games. I've never seen anyone take off their shirt. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's just very weird. Um, mm. And it's just like, I don't, I don't understand. Oh, sorry, I got a bit rowdy. I took my top off. Like I've, mm. I've never felt in any situation in my life like I've gotten so, like, you know, worked up that I had to take my top off. Yeah. I mean, you know, to counterbalance that, I have on three separate occurrences seen three different people dressed with eye contacts in as human cat um, amalgamations at uh, AFL games. So, you know, I guess it's shirt off or you get that. Hang on. So just to clarify, so these like those contact lenses that make them look like they've got cat eyes. Yes. <laughs> Fully painted um, with cat features. They'll have ears on. They might have the, like gloves that look like cat paws. Um, it's a, you should Google it. It is, it is really something. Are these Geelong fans? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. It's nah. The... <laughs> Essendon, they go for the bombers. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's, it's unreal. Um, well, are you, um, I'm so mentally fried, I can't, uh, is there anything else? Oh, we're going to do questions, but we might do that after the medal. Yeah. Do you want to jump into the medal? Let's do it. It's the Abit Spurs medal, man. Who will get books playing well? Who will get books for playing pretty poorly? The most romantic medal in sports. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yes, that's right. Here we are with the most romantic, not sexiest, most romantic medal in sports, the a bit Spursy medal. And it's been a really, really tough, tough time trying to decide where the votes will go. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's always when we play well. Like, cause, you know, you just want to give out votes to, to every player or every staff member, basically anyone, even someone just walking up the street. You want to give them out mm. some votes as well, just because you're feeling in that jolly mood, um, which is very different to when we lose. Um, so, so yeah, it, it is challenging. Um, do I take from that, Barney, that uh, are you ready to go this week? I Oh, yeah, I'm ready to go. Absolutely. Let's have them. Um, I'm going to just go with... Uh... Three tens, three tens straight up. Okay. Uh, oh, no, I'll go ten nine eight. Uh, ten for Sonny. Um, those goals are amazing. He won the golden boot. You can't really vote for anyone else. Uh, nine, I'm giving to Kulisevsky um, because those two goals are amazing. He is a superstar. And then uh, eight, I'm going to be giving to Antonio Conte uh, for rescuing our season. Um, and uh, always doing something interesting on the touchline. Uh, thank you, Antonio. Um, and then in terms of negatives, um, I don't 
really have anything of note to say apart from that I'd probably give negative five to the commentary team. But that could also be a positive five because because of the title and relegation and all that kind of stuff. We got the most B-grade commentary team I think I've ever heard. And it was so funny to hear them constantly <laughs> make – like neither of them I don't think had watched Tottenham at all for about five years. Um, or maybe football. Like it was so confused. Um, I, I loved it. But also they were terrible. So, Are you giving them both plus five and minus five? Yeah, I guess so. But I, I, And then I'm also going to give them – uh, both an encouragement award for giving it a crack. Okay, great. So they both then end up on uh, with 0.5 each. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great, but you want it on the record that you did, did give them minus five and plus five. and, and, and Yes, that answer. needs to be stated. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, they, yeah, let's go. Are, are any more encouragement awards or is that the... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Encouragement award um, for Lucas playing uh, at fullback. Um, let's, uh, if we're going to keep him, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Um, it reminds me, Barney, um, there was an episode a little while ago where I think you, you, you just gave, you were giving out points and, and votes and encouragement awards to sort of everyone. And then since then you've, you've reined it in, like you feel like mm. you, you're not allowed to give out that many. Well, I want to, um, I want my points to mean more. So I've started to, to sort of pull it back. I don't want too much inflation around my points. People whispering in the street saying, oh, it's anyone can get a point off Barney. Um, I don't want that. I don't want that reputation. Anyway, you just have to show up and he'll give you a point. Yeah, exactly. It's easy. Yeah. Um, also, I've been marking essays for about 72 hours straight. So I'm in a ruthless mood. No, no, no. It's, it's good. I think since you were associated with Mark Lawrenson uh, a couple of weeks ago for mm. um, analytical insight, it's good to, to, to get back some of that respect. Absolutely. I need to... Um, yeah, claw my way back. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, all right, I'll do mine. Um, I'm going to give 20 to Conte um, because, uh, so a bit of a spoiler alert, on our next episode, we are actually going to be uh, doing a bit of a season review and uh, revealing our our personal uh, Bitspursy medal votes throughout the whole season. It's taking a little while to compile all this, but what I'm noticing is that we are not giving Conte much credit at all throughout that process. So, um, I think, yeah, to, to, to go on the run that we went on, um, and to get the team playing, you know, really well for the majority of the time now, I think like, oh my, like Conte's done just an amazing job with that. So just going to give him a nice, strong 20. Um, I'm going to give 10 to Son as well for the golden boot. And also just in the manner in which it happened, where it looked like it wasn't going to, go his way. And to me, it sort of signifies a, I guess, a more important mentality shift for the whole squad and the club and how we, uh, you know, are trying to go about things now where we don't just go like, Oh, you know what? It didn't work out. That's a right next season. Um, we're going like, no, we are going to win that. We are going to get it. It's going to happen. Um, and to see Son really step up and do that, I think was a really, really good thing to, to see that he's like, no, I'm getting the award. I don't care. It's happening. Um, you know, apart from that, I'm actually going to give uh three to Pierre because I thought that he did make a couple of mistakes, but some of those balls he was playing through, and it, it wasn't great defending by Norwich, but they were uh, they were really lovely. And um, yeah, just a player who I think has held this team together. Long live Pierre. Uh, <laughs> may he uh, may his terrible tattoos ever shine. 
on a summer's day. <laughs> yeah, we just need to get him plastered across like the wall of one of the of one of the walls at the stadium. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just bring statue. that statue. A statue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wonder if that ever has happened where they put up like a giant placard of a player and then they've realized after they put it up that it is therefore made one of their really bad tattoos just extremely visible um, <laughs> and it's just blasting it to the surrounding suburbs and something relatively inappropriate. Um, oh, I want to look that up. It's a very specific Google search. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might be not, might be a job. Uh, for a more powerful search engine like Ask Jeeves. Yeah. <laughs> Bring back Ask Jeeves. That's what we need. Um, that's what we need these days. Uh, I think to finish off the votes, I'll give three to Kulisevsky. Um, and like, this is one of those weeks you could just vote for anyone in the team. But totally. I think that, yeah, they, they kind of really stood out and... Like the defense did a good job in this game, but also Norwich weren't that great. So mm. I think it was more the fact that we sort of turned it on, got five goals and, and yeah, just like put the game to bed with a, with a bit of time to spare. Mm. So yeah, they're our votes from the, uh, from the Norwich game. Now we do have a, some community votes, which have come in because Beautiful. that has been now decided. Uh, so yes. The community votes are from um, all the Abit Spurgeon listeners who uh, jump on the Discord and give their votes every week. Uh, we only started that part of the Abit Spurgeon medal in Feb, so it kind of represents the last third of the season. So, for example, Oliver Skip gets zero votes in this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, the winner of that is, of course, Sonny with 110 votes, finishing well ahead of Kane, who was on 84 and a half. And then Benton Kerr third in on 60, uh, Romero 56, Kulisewski 56, Hoybier 35 and a half. And then it kind of goes back from there. Um, so yeah, I think it's like everyone seems to be in agreement that like, you know, Sonny really has definitely had a standout second half of the season. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, did I read this or hear this the other day? It might've been actually, I was listening to the Tottenham Depot and they were talking about how even, you know, Kane wasn't playing well. Sonny wasn't really playing well either. Um, and he was still scoring. And, you know, a lot of the talk around Sonny has been, you know, he has hot and cold periods. But this year maybe was the first year where he was not playing particularly well at the start of the season, but still um, producing goals, which was, you know, that's a big, that's a big achievement. Oh, definitely. And I think it's like he had a, a slight cold period towards the start of this year, but it only lasted for a game or two. And then I remember we were even recording saying, oh, maybe he should rest the next game. And then he played and scored two goals or a hat trick or something like that. So it yeah. seems like he is getting a lot more consistent in in those those cold patches really not lasting for anywhere near as long as they used to. Mm. Um, yeah, totally. I, mean, I just, uh, on the medal um, and slightly off uh, topic from Sonny, I did... I just want to give a special shout out to um, uh, Emoji Raised Eyebrow for getting two votes. Um, emoji Confused Face getting three votes, but especially Kurt Zuma's cat who received two votes. Um, I hope you're doing okay, cat. Um, and I hope that you're living a life that is better than the one you previously had. Uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, of course, uh, shout out to the cat. It, it surely is living a better life than what it was. 
Um, mm. And yeah, to to look at all the community votes here, there it's like I don't know. There's probably sixty or seventy different people, things, concepts <laughs> yeah. that have been given yeah, votes. COVID's got negative five. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> And I love it. I love just the absolute wildlands that this uh, that the community medal has turned into. Um, uh, Mikel Arteta finished second last with negative eighteen, and Graham Scott for his performance against uh, you know officiating the Villa game negative twenty and a half. So to think that this is not even on half a season. Uh, next season when we come back, I think this list is going to be um, <laughs> just a little bit longer. But we love the uh, we love the freedom of the votes within the Abbott Spursy medal. Exactly. Anyone can be nominated. Uh, any object, feeling, concept. Um, yeah, it's a, a weather event, uh, virus. You know, it's really it's it's quite special. Um, I um, I just noticed that um, Antonio Conte <laughs> finished the community vote on negative one and a half. Yeah. So <laughs> that is <laughs> that is really something. Yeah, I think Conte started losing a lot of uh, votes from, you know, it's a tough crowd, the uh, <laughs> Bitspursing Medal voting community. Um, mm. But he lost a lot of points, I think, for around substitutions and not bringing Bergwijn on and or, or, mm. or playing Lucas or these sort of things. But you could argue it's a little bit rough that he's finished below, um, you know, Tim Krull, Mo Salah, Cucurella, um, Villa players play acting. Um, and a few referees, Michael Oliver, Paul Tierney. Uh, LJ's internet reception on holiday in Tasmania. (laughs) (laughs) And even ourselves have been given some votes. Um, yeah, I think, look, that's, if, if anyone was going to jump in there and criticize the, uh, the the voting, you could probably say Conte maybe possibly deserves to be up, uh, in the positives. But then again, um, you know, this is, uh, this is a free open medal. We are not a, uh, dictatorship here and. Uh, if that's how the people have voted, that's how they voted. Yeah. I, I did also, I love how, you know, like this, it's such a lovely community of people. Um, and it's really great to, uh, you know, get to chat on there and everyone's really, um, open with differing opinions. Um, it's, it's really nice. Um, however, the bottom five include like that. It goes proper football man, really hard with Graham Scott, bottom, Craig Pawson, <laughs> fourth from bottom and, <laughs> <laughs> Fifth from bottom, you better believe it. It's the entire referees association. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a lot of the other insights, and like, uh, yeah, it's you know, it's nice considered flow conversations, and then we mm. do get into that. Um, yeah, Stephen Gerrard made them tackle hard. Minus ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I love it. It's so reactionary. Yeah, it's, you get it out there, and then you can, then you can be more uh, accommodating. Uh, and be more of an active listener on other channels. Oh, uh, definitely. And thank we have to give a thank you to um, uh, Marty for mm. uh, for giving um, Rob Holding a negative infinity to remove him um, <laughs> and therefore not winning the medal. So I'm so happy that it did go to Sonny uh, yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thank you to everyone uh, that's been active in that channel and voting. It's so fun to see your votes. Um, yeah, it's, I, I'm really looking forward to doing it again next year. And obviously I'm now also looking forward to Dan, our design and engraving of said medal. Um, 
to which we will post to the club. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, we we will do this. Um, mm. I feel as well. It's kind of like we're a. It's like we're a boxing association where we've got kind of two medals at the moment. Like there's mm. the OG medal, and then there is a community one, but they are being merged <laughs> to move forward <laughs> into one combined medal. Um, mm. So I guess we're gonna have to send the club two medals. Um, yeah. Or they're going to confusingly going to get one medal if it just both goes to Son, which is like, you've won the Abitsupersi medal and the Abitsupersi community medal, and they'll be even mm. more confused as to what the hell is even going on. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> yeah, that would be, I really hope, I, in my mind, I'm hoping, obviously Sonny gets this one, but um, I'm hoping somehow with our votes, it ends up going to someone really random that doesn't play for Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> <laughs> it could have if someone slipped in with like and like we had you know Barty Flav on certain episodes too they could have very easily given 5,000 votes to someone we've forgotten about um, and yeah it, <laughs> we haven't got through the whole season yet so there could still be some surprises in that um, I was thinking we should Barney we should probably make a mug for the Abit Spursy that's an appropriate um, Abit Spursy medal in mug form mm. Great. Yeah, that's better. It's, you know, usable. Sonny can use it. His dad can use it. Um, I think that's good. Um, also, spoiler alert, Kane will not be winning our medal because Barty, I think, gave him negative 2,000 at one point. So yeah. Kane's got a tough mountain to climb there. Um, yeah. I love the idea, like you were saying, like <laughs> somehow this mug gets to Sonny and Sonny takes it home to his dad. And his dad's like, a bit surprising medal, the most romantic award in sport. Like, what do you... What are you talking mm. about? And then underneath the mug, <laughs> Spurs rule at Arsenal drool. And they would just be <laughs> so confused. Imagine if mm. that was the thing that like, it made Sonny want to leave the club. Cause he's just like, this, this club is just deranged. <laughs> There's This is full of sickos. I think what will happen is it will arrive and Sonny's dad will open the mail. He'll pull it out. And then he'll be, and he'll be like, oh man, son, come here. And he'll, <laughs> he'll come in and he'll be like, what is this romantic medal? The most romantic medal? You're not allowed to have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever. Ah! And then suddenly he'll be like, sorry, dad. And then he'll come in and see um, uh, Son Senior just slowly drinking from the mug with a, a look of calm fulfillment. Yeah. It's, <laughs> imagine that's the story. It's like, Son is out for the first three games of the season. And we're like, oh, what's happened? Has he, has he done an injury? Is, is something up? And it's like, no, he has been grounded by his father <laughs> yeah. for an inference of romance that he's been having mm -hmm. instead of just focusing on football. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I think we'd have to shut the pod down if that happened <laughs> and re-emerge and re under a different uh, name. Yeah, definitely. We it's people would think we're like an undercover like, you know, Guna podcast or something. Yeah. Christ. Uh, Which we're not. We're not. We're not. We're definitely not. <laughs> um great. We, oh, we've got a couple of questions, don't we? Yeah, we got um, a couple of quick questions. Um yeah. to finish up with. Um so one was from Hexagon Sun, and this was from a little while mm -hmm. ago. Uh and it was just asking, should throw ins be taken as quickly as possible? And uh, the main gist of the question is, instead of just letting the all teams reset, would it not make sense to try and get it back, play on quickly, and do that a lot more than than what we do? What do you think about that, Barney? I think it's a good idea, but it requires us to also really quickly be ready for whatever's going to happen. As much as uh, the opposition has needs time to set up, we need time to set up as well. 
unless there's a clear opportunity, then of course, throw it in quickly. Um, I think this was, uh, maybe more of a feature under, I think it was 16, 17 or 17, 18 potch because the ground was so small and we played such a frenetic, um, hard pressing game. The idea was that the more frantic we could make the other team feel, um, the more, and it worked, uh, the more advantage we would have. And it's sort of not happened since then. But I think, you know, there's definitely space for it. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, well, I, I agree with you. And I think, you know, for example, if we were talking about, if we were Liverpool and we were saying like at the tempo they try and play at, like it makes sense for them to really go quickly with their throw-ins. Um, for us, you know, given that Conte loves us to really reset play a lot when we get the ball, um, and, you know, you get a lot of fans to get angry when it's like, well, Hoybier's passed it backwards again. And it's like, yeah, Conte, <laughs> look at all of our goals. Like, there's so many of them start with us playing it back to Dyer or mm. Hugo or just, you know, Romero and starting the playoff there. So I kind mm. of think in some ways if we do win the ball up the field, maybe then the directive is to actually let's let everyone get set so then we can throw it back in and run this play. But now mm. we're a little bit further up the field to, to sort of, you know, to run the whole play and and that. So, yeah, I think when there's an opportunity to to go for a quick one, and I feel like whenever Kane is near where the throw-in has gone out, he does look up and think about giving a quick throw in if, if there is one. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like probably under Conte, it's probably not something that we will see too much of. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Now there's another question from Spud Nessay about um, the five subs and the 60 minutes, but we definitely spoke about that last pod, didn't we? Yeah, that we did that one last pod. There was a second part to that question, which was, mm-hmm. um, uh, after Spud and SA saw a clip of Kane's final passes and assists from the year and noting mm. how good they are. Um, the question was, so, you know, are we better off making him our number 10, forgetting about Ericsson and just getting in some good finishes to mirror Sonny? And what's actually come out today as well is uh, Nathan A. Clark put up a few visuals, uh, which you can find on his Twitter, which show Kane's passes to Sonny, which were, um, you know, chance creation passes and also Sons to Kane. Now, a lot of Sons to Kane are sort of like corners and crossing it back. Uh, Kane's to Son, they're all from like our defensive half or like the, sort of the majority from that area. Um, and if you just kind of think like, you know, the one that stands out the most is say in the Leeds game, where, where like they're all around there. And it's like, I think it really depends on what is happening with Kane. Now, Conte in the past has talked about Kane being like a, a, a player he wants in the box and scoring goals and doing all that. But even under Conte, we've seen Kane still drop back and and sort of look for a lot of these passes. So um, I don't know what you think about this, Barney, but I, my thought would be that if Kane is dropping back, we don't really have a natural spot for someone like Ericsson to be playing regularly. However, I do like the idea of having someone like that in the squad. I think uh, to me, Ericsson, buying Ericsson or getting Ericsson um, – equals uh, us maybe playing a 3-5-2, which I want. So um, I think that is exciting. But I also think with Ericsson, you kind of uh, kill two birds with one stone because um, if Kane is then going to stay forward, then he's closer to goals. But if Kane was to drop back and Ericsson was to then push on from midfield or wherever he's playing, he's quite a good shot, um, famously. So <laughs> then you've also got a good shooter as well. Um 
he's not as quick as Son, so he's not. We're not going to be able to counter attack, uh, like we you know could if we got another fast striker of the ball. But um, fast players that are extremely good shooters are very rare, um, and we've already got Lucas and Bergvine. You know who knows what will happen to them over the transfer window, but they are both very quick. So um, I think. Get him. <laughs> so, out of curiosity, then, in your three-five-two, where does Kulisewski play? Shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <our> wing back. <laughs> wing back. <laughs> and I think, look, if if Kulisewski wasn't there, I would probably be more in favor of three-five-two. Um, who knows? Kulisewski could play in behind the two, and he could be incredible. Mm. Um, but I think, like, seeing how well that front three are really sort of starting to work together, and it's like, all right, from this. We had Nuno Ball, where we were scoring no goals. Kane didn't score mm. in the first 13 games. Mm. And then after that, we have scored a lot of goals this year. Um, Kulisevsky scored a bunch. Son, Golden Boot. Kane ended up with, I think, 17 and was like fourth or fifth? Yeah, he was fourth. Fourth? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't mind the three up front. Um, but, you know, if Conte wants to go to you know two up front and, and get in an Ericsson, I'd be down for it. Uh, it just depends. Like Kane can play both ways, so mm. it really just depends on how Conte wants him to play. I think totally. And then if we've got that added te- uh, technical, wow, technical. Atta- oh my goodness, tactical <laughs> flexibility. It means that we can be more unpredictable and we can adjust for certain. Uh, like if we're playing against a, a low block, then Ericsson might be great in that. Uh, you know, sort of more ten role um, to help. Uh, you know, move through that um, low block, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I just uh, Kulusevski wing back, and uh, off you go. Great. All right, there we go. The new wing back. He's been demoted, or maybe <laughs> maybe he's an even better wing back. Who who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, that, yeah, they're all the questions we have uh, for this week. Um, mm. If you do have any more questions, uh, I guess on the season as a whole, feel free to jump on Discord and chuck them in uh, the channel there. Uh, that we have set up specifically for that. And we will um, chat about those on our season review episode next week. Um, can we get some music, I reckon, for the season review? Do, do you ever watch um, Review with Miles Barlow? No, but uh, I can look it it's up. It's got great opening music. Okay, great. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that is my task for the week. <laughs> Someone that listens to this podcast would be like, oh, great reference. Um, <laughs> somewhat. Someone in the Canary Islands or Korea, um, they'll get it. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't doubt that um, at all. It's one of those names where, like, with how confidently you said it, I'm like, I, I feel like I should know that name, but I've never heard of um, who they are. This person yeah. or their reviews. Yeah, and now all I know is that they review things and they've got great intro music. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you it. Um, uh, well, uh, thank you uh, to all the, oh my goodness. This is how, look, I can't even speak properly. Uh, I can't even speak. Um, thank you for listening throughout the year. Obviously, we'll be, this is not a wrap up because we'll be back next week. Um, I've been Barney. I've been Dan. And come on, you Spurs. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.